Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at siblife.my. And for those of you who have been uh, attending our service for the past two weeks, and then this is the first time you see me. Uh, my name is Wagner. Thank you so much for coming to SIB Life. Welcome home. Now, so uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Dan uh, preached on us uh, on topic of you know, imitators of God, copy God, right? Now, for those of you who missed it, go and watch uh, uh, that sermon in YouTube. You know, when you copy God, if, if you remember, when you copy God, you walk in love, you walk in light, and you walk in wisdom. Amen? Now, Remember that the basic theme of the book of Ephesians is about how believers have a new life through Christ and how we, as a new believer, live a life filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the basic theme of the book of Ephesians. So today, I'm going to continue with the remaining verses in chapter 5, okay? I'm going to continue with the remaining verses in chapter 5 of the book of Ephesians. So before that, let us bow our head and pray. Father God, thank you for this opportunity for us just to gather here and study your word, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Give us understanding. Thank you, Jesus. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 33. Verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Verse 22, wives, Submit to your husband as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. Verse 28, in the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And all the guys say, amen. <laughs> if you, if you, he who wants to be alive <laughs> Love his wife. Amen. <laughs> for no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church. Since we are members of his body, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Verse 32. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. Now, for those of you who are single, you might be thinking like, oh, pastor going to preach sermon for married couple. No, not necessarily. Okay, of course, I'm going to touch certain points, important points on uh, uh, what, uh, marriage. 
but this is this today's sermon is applicable for everyone. All right, everyone. And I I I can't believe that I'm going to preach this verse. You know, usually, you know, on weddings people will use this uh, uh, some of this verse. You know, and I'm glad it's my turn. All right, you <laughs> know. So today I'm going to speak on this title, the Spirit-filled life. The Spirit-filled life. Now Paul is writing to Christians like you and me who are attempting to copy God, to live like Christ. Yeah? So when he commands us to, feel, uh, to, 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 what, to, to be filled with the Spirit, he's actually recognizing the fact that many Christians are not filled by the Spirit. Pastor, can I, Pastor? Become a Christian and not be filled with the Spirit? Yes, can. Can. Right? It is possible for Christians, I mean, for someone to be a Christian and spiritually empty. Yep, it's possible. Now, the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 paints a uh, three pictures of a different kind of people. Picture number one, first category of people are basically the unbeliever. Basically, this unbeliever, those persons who are outside of Christ. Person number two, category two, is the spirit-filled believer. Orang yang penuh dengan roh kudus. Now, the, this talks about a person who is directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Wow. Then, the last category, uh, the carnal believer. Wow, carnal believer. We, we seldom use the word carnal. You are so carnal. Like very specifically, you don't use that, right? You know, carnal, basically those who live, you know, according to their flesh. Yes. They are Christians. Carnal believer. You see, carnal believer is basically those who have Christ in their life, but always being deceived, always live in defeat. They allow their flesh to control their life instead of Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul wrote, Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. Now, the Amplified Bible version uh, wrote this, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, and stupidity. Now, I like this version. You know? <laughs> corruption and stupidity. Now, the believer in Ephesians apparently, were apparently getting drunk often enough and causing a problem. And Paul commanded them to stop. Yeah? As, you know, as, as, I, as I prepare my, my sermon for today, I discovered some interesting facts about Ephesus, about the culture during Paul's time. Yeah? Ephesus, as we know, when, uh, when Pastor Dan did the introduction you know, of Ephesus chapter 1, about, it's, a, it's a big city. It's a huge city you know, whereby people from every nation will come, gathered in Ephesus, uh, Ephesus uh, for trading or simply to make a living. So it is possible that in his letter, in this chapter 5, Paul is making a reference to a specific culture that is happening in Ephesus at that time. Yeah? A culture that was prevalent you know, uh, throughout the Roman Empire. There's a culture that was birthed out of religious practice whereby there's a god called Dionysus. Dionysus. You know, Dionysus, okay? The god of wine. Yep, the god of wine. So the cult of Dionysus was so widespread 
all over the Roman Empire and command that anything that has to do with grapes or wine will be connected automatically with Dionysus. So even to talk about wine and drinking will immediately people think about Dionysus. Yeah. So Dionys Dionysus, you know, basically people who are drunkard, you know, people who are acting wild, reckless, they said, wow, you are Dionys Dino Dionysian. Dionysian. Can you imagine that? You know, like for us, like we are drunkard, but those days, oh, Dionysian, Dionysian, Dionysian. Right? Some of the new believers in Asia Minor were probably carrying this form of worship or lifestyle when they entered the church. So they associate wine with feeling of the Holy Spirit. This is probably the reason why Paul addressed the issue of drunkenness. Because if there's no such an issue of drunkenness in the church, Paul will not mention about this. Now, like our culture in Sabah, for those of you from Sabah, you know, if I, you know, what, what does this mean? Where's Malaysian? No one wouldn't know. Yeah. Really. If I say house, now house in, in Bahasa Melayu means what? Thirsty. But for the Sabahan, no, 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 no. So it's a bit sensitive. House means in Sabah, if you say like, if you go to Kedaikan, kalau kamu, you know, you go to Sabah, like, uh, auntie, ada tak? Saya house lah, auntie. Kau house? You know, like, you know, they thought you want to drink alcohol. Yeah, house, house. So remember, if you see all the Sabahan, you know, Sarawakian, a little bit that they start to follow, but not so much. In Sabahan, they know already, know already. Oh, gatal! Gatal! Oh, you remind me of my son, got the eczema. Kau house ka? Gavin, are you house? No, daddy, itchy. That's different. You know, but understand what I mean? So over there, back in Ephesus, when people think about wine, right? Dionysus. Straight away, about reckless living, drunkenness, free sex, all that. See? But nowadays, right? In our culture, when we talk about alcohol, people will think, oh, cool. Modern, contemporary, class. So this is what Paul trying to remind the Ephesians, you know? Now, because of time, I'm not going to explain in much detail about alcohol. Pastor Dan uh, have uh, preached about this, even during the uh, UC Life, you know, a live talk, he mentioned about this, you know, but because of time, I'm not going to explain, but... Um, I'm going to mention some of our important points for us, okay? Now, I was asked this question back in Laos, you know, last week. So let me explain uh, this in the next five or ten minutes or maybe less, okay? Here's are some thoughts and some scripture reference that I want you to think when it comes to wine. Some Christian, number one, some Christians said, Christian can drink wine because in John chapter 2, verse 11, Jesus turned water into wine. Like, you see? Just turn water into wine. Yes, Jesus really turned water into wine. Now, some people who, won't bo who, wa who want to drink alcohol, they won't bother to even study or find out if it's alcoholic, you know, wine or not. They're like, ah, you see, you see, you see, that's it, that's it, close the Bible. Yeah, I can drink wine. But wait, there are several problems here. If we say that Christian can drink wine because Jesus turned water into wine, there's several problems. Number one, problem with the interpretation. The term wine in biblical times could refer to fermented or unfermented drinks. 
all right? Because our vocabulary English very limited, bah. So when they translate it right, like wine lah, like that. And then for us today, wine, oh, straight away alcoholic drinks. But those days, it can be fermented and unfermented drink. Part of the problem in interpreting uh, John chapter two is that we always assume that wine is alcoholic because in our culture, like I mentioned just now, wine is always like alcoholic. Now it is similar. Think about this: when we think about church, immediately in our modern Christian today, church boom building. But during this time, you know, during 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 the Book of Acts, church is ecclesia, the gathering of believer. They don't think about building. But for us, church, boom, building. Are you guys following me? Yeah, because of the culture. But back then, when you just turn into wine, maybe the wine, they don't immediately, oh, they're no sin. No, 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 no. There are two types of, you know, fermented and unfermented. So word can change the meaning over time. Now, despite how the term wine being used today. Bible wine. I want you guys to take note of this. Bible, the, the word wine mentioned in the Bible could refer to an unfermented and fermented beverage, depending on the context. All right. Now, secondly, John chapter two verse tell, ten tells us that Jesus made this wine after they all like were well drunk or had drunk freely. Depends on what the uh, Bible version you read. You know. In other words, when they are drunk, these people unable to detect the Quality of the wine, you know, because they got drunk, so they ah oh, simply drink, drink, drink lah, you know. But if it if we assume that that's what happened, that means you know, Jesus, the fact that Jesus turned six huge water pots, meaning he used his first miracle to make people lagi mabuk. Think about that, first miracle. It's like oh they got drunk ah, I do miracle to make them like. More what? Because this is what more drunk. No, I don't know. Lagi, lagi mabuk. You know, like die. Wow! Can you imagine that? First miracle. Do you think Jesus will do that? You know, is this consistent with the sinless nature of our Lord? Think about that. In John chapter five, verse nineteen. Yeah. Joseph says, Jesus replied, "Truly, I tell you, the Son is not able to do anything on His own, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son likewise does these things." Wow! Do you think the Father in heaven is like Dionysus? Do you think our Father in heaven is a God who wants His children to get drunk and live a reckless life? Because Jesus is saying that, like, what I do, I just see what my Father does. Do you think? Our Father in heaven said, "Like ah, Jesus, let them drunk, let them drunk." Think about that. Now, popular reason number two why Christians say, "Like hey, we can drink wine, ma, sikit sikit boleh ah," because in Timothy chapter five, verse twenty-three, look at the verse. Timothy, Timothy chapter five, verse twenty-three says, uh, "Paul told uh, Timothy, he said, 'Like." Don't continue drinking only water, but use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illness. Your stomach and your frequent illness. Here's the thing. Paul told Timothy to drink little wine for medical purpose. Medical purpose. Say little, not like one jug of wine. <laughs> What is that? You know, for medical purpose. 
not to socialize or to party. And bear in mind, those days, the water is not as clean as today. They don't have the technology to you know, filter the water. There's no kuko or kowe whatsoever. There's no. So the water is not that clean. So it's got bacteria. Therefore, Paul said, like, drink a little bit of wine. Okay? And then furthermore, those days, there's no modern medication like today. If you got stomach ache, what do you now, nowadays? Do you drink wine? No. You go to pharmacy, like, got charcoal pill, you know, uh, charcoal pill. Those of you got diarrhea recently, like charcoal pill, you know, all this kind of medicine. But those days, during Paul's time, no, they don't have such medicine. Therefore, Paul told Timothy, drink a little bit of wine. All right? Are you guys following me so far? We can, we, so we can't use this verse, these two verses, you know, 1 Timothy and also John uh, chapter 2, to, to, to permit us to drink alcohol because, again, first, it's inconsistent with the character of Jesus, and secondly, you know, it's just for medical purpose. And then today, we have modern medicine to help us. You know, in uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1, it says, wine is a mocker, beer is a brawler, Whoever goes astray because of them is not wise. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 29 to 33. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has conflicts? Who has complaints? Who has wounds for no reason? Who has red eyes? Wow. Those who linger over wine. Correct or not? Yeah. Those who go looking for mixed wine. Mixed wine. Say, don't gaze at wine because it is red, because it gleams in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and stings like a viper. Now, based on those verses, it is inconceivable or unbelievable to suggest that Jesus provided these Jews at, in the wedding in Cana with 405 liters uh, uh, of alcoholic. It doesn't make sense. So we cannot use that. If Jesus did that, you know, if, if, if Jesus did that, if Jesus really turned the water into wine, alcoholic wine, you know, he is sin. He, he sinned. If he sinned, that disqualifies him from being the unblemished Lamb of God. Just now we take Holy Communion. Why Jesus is the Lamb of God? Because unblemished Lamb of God. Why would Jesus want to confuse his disciple whether the wine is alcoholic or not? If he himself said in Matthew chapter 26, verse 29, okay, during the last supper, said, you know, I took the cup, okay, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Can you imagine the disciple we got confused? He says, your blood causes us to be drunk? What is this? You know, why Jesus want to do that? Now, let me close this section on wine and alcohol here. A loving God, a loving Father, will never want His children to live a reckless, stupid, wicked, and corrupted life. In Asabi life, leaders totally abstain from alcohol. This is our stand, you know. We want to honor God and not be a stumbling block to our brothers and sisters, especially our Bornean family. Yeah. You know, like I mentioned just now, last week, someone asked me, can uh, 
pastor bolehkah minum? In lawas, you know. Whoa! My conscience is clear. So like, hey, saya tidak minum. You know, then I explain like, a little bit like why. You know, so what I explain to you. So Paul continued in his letter saying that instead of being drunk, instead of allowing ourselves to be controlled by alcohol, he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the word be filled with the Holy Spirit in this original word means plerao, uh, means what? To make full, to fill up, to fully possess, to fully influence. Our first encounter with the Holy Spirit is when He convicts us of our sin. You know, when you receive uh, Christ as your Lord and Savior, you say like, hmm, nothing happened, that's normal, Pastor. But the moment you convict, you do, you do something sinful, suddenly like your heart says, eh, why I feel like different? Huh? Now, that's the Holy Spirit, convicts you of your sin. As we repent, confess our sin, and receive the gift of salvation, the Holy Spirit regenerates our dead our dead inner human spirit, which now becomes sensitive to the spiritual things of God. That's what happened for believers. Yeah? Now, we are encouraged to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us up on a regular basis. You know, when you feel depleted or need strength, ask Him, the Holy Spirit, to replenish you. Yeah? In John chapter 14, verse 17, says, you know, Jesus reveals that the spirit of the truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. When a person accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit gives the believer the life of God, the eternal life, which is really his very nature. Yeah? Now, why there's a picture of a house there, you know? Uh, when you receive Christ, say like, Jesus, enter my life. The house represents your life. Jesus, enter my life. And then the Holy Spirit will automatically enter our life. Now the question is, we must give permission to the Holy Spirit to take control every part of our house. But what happened? That's why, can a Christian be someone who are not fulfilled by the Spirit? Yes, can. This is what happened. Jesus, come into my life. Come into my house. And then, okay, um, that's, your, that's your room, Jesus. And the rest of the room, <laughs> my life. I mean, it's, it's good one. I give you the master bedroom. That's why some Christians say, like, you know, how about the other rooms? How about your finance? How about your relationship? How about your career? No, 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 no. Jesus, you take care of the spiritual part, Jesus. All right? Holy Spirit, damn, damn, sana. You know? You in the kitchen, give me some spiritual food. <laughs> oh, mutang, mutang. Right? Yeah? Yeah? So there are two things, you know? The uh, indwelling of the Spirit, these are two, two things I want to mention. First, indwelling of the Spirit means the Holy Spirit takes up permanent home in the body of believer. All right? And the Bible says our body is the temple of God. That's what happened to us when the first time we received Jesus as Lord and Savior, automatically the Holy Spirit in our house. I use the term house, yeah, so that we understand. But the thing is, whether the Holy Spirit are going to occupy the whole house it's your choice. Therefore, this, this, this term, the next one is be filled with the filling of the Holy Spirit means what? Holy Spirit has the freedom to occupy every aspect of our life. Ah, now you understand 
Why a pastor? I have like, I lose control. Eh, like, macam lagu pula. I lose control, you know. Like, yes, because you only allow the Holy Spirit to occupy one room, one part of your life. Ah. And then don't be surprised why some Christians, you know, if they continue to live like that, you know, they, they, they don't like choose to let the Holy Spirit to take over their life, why some Christians and slowly and slowly they become cold towards God and become indifferent towards what God is doing in their life or around them. They just become Christian, you know, like Christian IC, we call it. Yeah? The Holy Spirit will never force you to surrender your whole life to Him. You have to make a decision today, church, whether you want to give your whole life to Him or you just want to control some of it. Therefore, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Next slide. Uh, when, when Paul said, you know, don't get drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. What does this mean, you know? Yeah, you know, the, the Holy Spirit has the freedom, yeah? Like, we must allow the Holy Spirit to have uh, freedom to control every part of our life. Yeah, only then He can exercise, you know? Yeah, this, this is the thing. If you only give one part of your life to the Holy Spirit, He can only work within that area of your life. Therefore, there are some people, you can see on stage when it comes to Christian, anything like what religious thing, whoa, so on, on fire. But how, how come his other, the other part of his life is like, he's not a Christian? Now you understand, right? Yeah. To some of you, you got to make that decision today. Yeah. So, someone who lives a spirit-filled life, number one, will Speak in psalms, hymns, and spiritual song. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Right? Now, uh, the, 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 the next, next, next slide, next slide. Yeah. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, yeah, the Bible says, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, Admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Pretty consistent, right? What does psalms mean? Okay, yeah. Word of God becoming the basis of communication for every believer. Hymns. No, I know some of you didn't grow up with hymns, but I have the opportunity to really experience hymns. I've touched the hymns book, you know, the Bahasa in English as well. And then, yeah. Sometimes like, huh? why do they have this kind of song in church? Those days, I don't know. For me. Drill song is with full band, you know, but hymns then after growing up as a Christian, I realized like, ah, I love hymns because the word is so rich, right? Yeah. And spiritual songs, basically, it may be a scripture, you know, that, has, that was uh, encouraging, uh, encouraging, encouragement, you know, put into song. If you want to know whether that person is a spirit-filled person, listen to their words. L- Look into what they post on social media, their caption. You know? A spirit-filled person will speak life. Amen? Yeah. Sometimes we might not remember some important Bible verse, like, oh, therefore, 
we must be uh, part of like corporate worship. You know, if you come together as a church, then you will remember, you know, some songs. Okay, for example, there's a song in, uh, uh, I remember one gospel song, but in Bahasa Melayu lah. Okay, I, don't, I, th- I think English they have it. Uh, Psalm 23, Masmur 23. They put it in a song. Until today, I remember. You see? Just one example. Yeah? So a person who are being filled by the Holy Spirit will speak psalms, will sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, I'm not saying that you must sing all the time or sing all the time. No. My point here is this. Whatever comes up from your mouth is from the Word of God. Amen? Amen? Yeah? Now, Secondly, someone who lives a spirit-filled life will possess a worshipful heart. A worshipful heart, you know. Verse 19 says, Making music with your heart to the Lord, give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we must allow our emotion and intellect to express our gratitude to God. Yes. Singing to the Lord from your heart is also a matter of choice, an act of will. Sometimes when you gather with God's people, your feelings can be like dull, maybe you got distracted, maybe you're not in the mood, you know, maybe this morning we come to church like, ah, just go lah, you know. You sing wonderful song, Jesus, beautiful, Savior, but your heart, you simply don't feel anything. When that happened to you, and actually it happens to everybody, you know, there will be times when we don't feel like anything. We can still sing from our heart. How? How, Pastor? How? By choosing to sing to Him. Just a decision. You got to make that decision. Yeah? Choose to continue to worship God Despite your circumstances, you know, let your heart focus to the meaning of the words and sing them, sing them to God. Remember, He is not only our God, He is our Father. Right? Yeah. Paul says, like, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He mentioned the word Father here. You know, there are times when I'm, I'm so excited, I'm excited to fetch my kids from school. You know, I'm so excited. And then I ask them, hey, how's your day? On good days, like, oh, good day, they, they talk a lot and everything. But, you know, sometimes they are not even in the mood. How's your day? Okay. <laughs> not in the mood. But that doesn't change the fact that I am their father and I love them. Sometimes we thought that, you know, Sorry, God, I, I, know, I, know, I know maybe you hate me, you're mad at me because I'm not in the mood to worship you, Lord God. Sorry lah. But that doesn't change the fact that our God is a good Father and He loves you still. You just make that decision today. Like, you know, God, I'm not in the mood, but uh, I just want to continue to sing. I want to worship you. Amen? Amen? Wow. That is a characteristic of spirit life, a spirit-filled person. Now, the third one. Now, this is something that requires a little bit of explanation. A person who are filled with the Holy Spirit will voluntarily submit to one another. Oh, submit to one another. Yeah. The word submit means hupataso. Or hupataso, yeah. To arrange in a military fashion, all right, 
under the command of a leader, and also voluntarily that, that, that you, your attitude, it means you voluntarily give yourself, you know, cooperate to a high authority. Hupatoso means to also to submit, you know, to, to one's control, to obey. Yeah? Now, let me illustrate it through this diagram. Can you show this? Uh, yeah, okay. So, Paul is using this illustration from the Roman army, right? Yeah. So, the legion, basically, they are, they are the like, lower ranks of uh, the army. They are uh, being placed under a centurion, okay? Basically, general, okay? So, a legion placed under Hupataso, that means there's authority on top of them, which is a centurion, a form of tasso, yeah? Placed by God. Now, what do I mean by placed by God? Because the Bible says, you know, in Romans chapter 13, verse 1 to 2, you know, that let everyone submit to the governing authority since there is no authority except from God. Yeah. Pastor, even a wicked leader, yes. Yeah, there is. Even like in our country, Pastor, you know, the non-believers are, uh, uh, I mean, like governing the country. Yes. To submit means to recognize the chain of command and to refrain from undermining that authority. You know, I know some people struggle, you know, when it comes to authority in church or in family. Pastor, how can I listen to my parents? Lah? You know, then they are not a good example. Cannot, lah, Pastor. Cannot, cannot, cannot. You know. Yes, we submit to our leaders, even though they are non-believers, they make the wrong decision whatsoever, but as long as we don't commit sin. I guess following me, you know, what I mean here is, yes, there are leaders who are corrupted. Yes, there are orders that they say, okay, do this, do this, do this, okay? Continue to do it as long as we don't commit sin. You know, Christ himself provides the greatest example of submitting to one another when he lowered himself, you know, to become a man and die the death of a common criminal at the cross. Now, submission is not a power struggle, but rather a mutual relationship of love, humility, and respect. You see? Now, without the help of the Holy Spirit, it is difficult for us to submit to one another even submission to our leaders, really, without the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul explained further, you know, about the husband and wife. He actually uh, used, you know, verse 25 onwards, Paul used marriage as an, an, an uh, analogy to illustrate how does submit to one another look like, you see? Now, in verse 25, said, husbands are told specifically to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Wives are told specifically to respect their husbands as the church does uh, Christ. You know? So there's love and respect. There's love and respect. As humans, we are told to do things that we might not do unless we were told. Let me repeat myself. As humans, we are told to do things that we might not do unless we are told. Next, next uh, slide. You know? So there's love and respect. Repeat after me, say love and respect. Now, for example, right, 
children are told to obey their parents because it is easy for children not to do so. Correct or not? In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, okay? Now, children have to be commanded, you must obey your parents. Why do they need to be reminded? Because naturally, they will choose not to obey their parents. This will have to be reminded, you know? In the same way, husbands are told to love their wives because it is easy for husbands not to do so. Wives are told to honor their husband because it is easy for wives not to do so. Now, some of you probably, yeah, Pastor, no, no, I love my wife. I mean, of course, we generally we love our wife. But allow me to explain, you know. We are called to do things that might not occur to us. The question is, if we, were all, uh, we are doing all these things naturally, why did Paul want to bring this up? Think about that. Why? I mean, like, eh, eh, Paul, of course, lah, I love my wife. We got married. Hey, how come do I sound with that accent? Okay, anyway. <laughs> you know, of course, I love my wife. I will not marry her if I don't love her. You see? Check out the next, next uh, okay, slide. Husband's role is to love his wife just as the Christ loved the church. There's a standard there, oh. Uh, just like Christ loved the church. Christ loved the church. Christ loved us with unconditional love, the agape love. Husband's role is to agape, to love his wife, unconditional love, as his own body. <laughs> yeah? Because I love my own body, I bought my wife is a smartwatch for, to exercise. I know she doesn't want people to mention it, but I'm going to mention it. You know? Remember, I told a few, year, few, few weeks ago, how do I get into running? Because she, she bought for me on Mother's, uh, Father's Day smartwatch. So on her birthday, I bought for her a smartwatch. Okay, anyway. Because I love my body, I love my wife, right? Okay, biblical, right? She didn't know, she didn't know I'm preparing for this sermon, okay? So, husband's role is to provide and care for his wife, amen. Now, for wife, wife's role is what? To submit to her husband as to the Lord. There's a standard there, yeah? Submit to husband in everything. Now, this is pretty interesting. Everything, pastor, same thing. If, you, if your husband asks you to commit sin, don't commit sin. You mean like, all right? And to respect, wow, that's the word, respect. You know, in original meaning, it means like to revere. Wow, revere. Yeah? To treat a husband with deference. Well, that's a big word, deference. Maksudnya macam like total submission lah. All right? Now, do you notice that God commands only the husband to agape love, to love their wives? God does not command the wife to love the husband. Can you imagine that? Think, 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 like, hmm. How come, huh? Oh, when I prepare this, I know. I like my wife said, like, huh, you know, because I told her, you know, dear, tomorrow morning I'm going to preach about yaka, you know, like, okay, okay, okay. Now, the command reveals something about the needs of the recipient. That means our need as a husband, as a guy, and the needs of uh, wives. When the wives are told, okay, when husbands are told to love their wife, we can conclude from this that wives need to be loved. Paul said, husband, love your wife. Because Paul knows, Paul's received the revelation from God that wives need to be loved. Again, we as a husband, of course, love, of course, love. Wait. When wives are told to respect their husband, we can conclude that from this, the husband needs to be respected. The wife said, like, of course, love, pastor, I respect my husband. Wait, there's a reason why, you know. Think of this as, as two kind of cars, okay? Husband and wife as like two kind of cars, okay? Next slide. <laughs> husband, of course, you know. Husband, you see like a car, to make sure that husband keep on running, the fuel, fuel, petrol. That petrol is respect. 
while for the wife to make sure that wife continue to do whatever apa apapun yang dia buat mesti ada petrol kan that petrol is love in saying this remember that we are talking about emphasis not that the husband didn't love the wife not that the wife didn't respect the husband they they do respect they do love on a basic level everyone needs to be loved and everyone needs to be respected amen yeah but paul make an emphasis there yeah you see there's a pastor and a teacher by the name of uh, emerson uh, emerson okay he taught this idea of love and respect you know like when i prepare for this sermon i was like oh okay follow me follow me a wife has a need of for love and a, a husband has a need for respect although husband nature you know you know you know why the husband need to respect need to be respected because as a husband they have no problem respecting another guy no matter how bad that guy right i mean like come on hey, respect 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 it's okay it's okay but compare to wife you know huh he, he did that no what they don't care about respect for, for guys no 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 don't, don't. respect borrow respect jaga muka think about that think about that okay okay my wife says has to you know now although wife naturally no wife naturally loves betul for wife is natural it's natural for them but to respect it's something which is not doesn't come naturally for them you know because wife will lose a respect of the husband when they don't feel loved and a husband you know when they don't feel respected by that by their wife they choose to be passive not to show love to the wife think about that oh okay women are better at loving than men are men do well in terms of respecting a woman can naturally love a man she does not honor or respect very much yes you know if woman has that guy or when they don't, don't respect that guy still love you know how many times you know you, you don't believe me how many times do we hear stories about women who, who who come from like abusive relationship boyfriend abusive but still that girl loved the boyfriend like what <laughs> because your love that love is so strong the whole church the whole world said no leave your boyfriend you know he doesn't deserve any respect but i love love you know church without the help of the holy spirit husband and wife i know some of you think like hey, pastor this is for husband and wife seriously think about this paul is using the relationship of husband and wife as an illustration for us also to submit to church authorities to pastors to leaders because the leaders the pastor in the church is the authorities being ordained by god So if we fail to submit to authority that means we undermine God's authority. A spirit-filled person will voluntarily 
submit to one another. You know, I'm going to close with this. Can I have the worship team? God's desire is for each of us to live a spirit-filled life. It's a command. It's a command. It is expected from us. It is sin that uh, hinders the feeling of the Holy Spirit in our life. And the only way for us to be filled is when we obey God's command, make the decision, say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me this morning. When we sin, we should come to Jesus and immediately confess our sin to God and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us once again. You know, during the great American, uh, American Depression in the 1930s, there's this thing called Hoover Wagon. Hoover Wagon, you know. There's like a, a car being pulled by a horse or a donkey. Now, actually, it's a, it's a, the car works fine, but during that Great Depression, you know, gasoline was expensive or even hard to get at that time. So they used a horse or a mule, Kodai, because it's a cheaper option. How many of us Christians, actually, we have that capacity like a car, but because we are not filled you know, with the Holy Spirit. We have that spiritual gift, but because we are not filled with the Holy Spirit, there's no petrol, we are running on empty tank. We end up being our, li- our life being led by the world. That car is actually working fine, but because it's empty, that's not a, su- not a surprise to find a believer allowing themselves to be controlled, to be led by the world. You know, you want to be filled with the Spirit? Express your desire today to be filled. Confess your sinful desire. Come, let's bow our head and close our eyes right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. You have forgiven our sins, the past, present, and the future. Today, Lord, we welcome your Holy Spirit to fill each and every one of us. Come on, church, right now. Make the decision right now. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You as a believer right now, the Holy Spirit is in you. You just not need to make the decision, say, be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for tuning in to live podcast we hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends family member and co-worker we hope you have a great day god bless you